single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Certain people would call me and I'd say, "I'll have any excuse not to pick up the phone." Oh, totally. like who? Like who? First and last name? My parents. <laughs> yeah. My siblings. <laughs> yeah, getting a call from a parent, you gotta like mentally prep for that, or at least I do. I mean, I answer it, but I do sometimes. Yeah. But I try Some, not to. Sometimes I don't. As much as I possibly can. You have a bad relationship with the parents? I just don't enjoy. I never get off the phone going, man, I wish I could talk to them more. Yeah, I hear you. Mine has improved with my parents. What changed? <sighs> well, this isn't funny, but I quit drinking. I got sober a year ago. That's, I saw that on your social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is funny. <laughs> is it? Well, but, it's good. It's positive, at least. Yeah, and my dad is sober. My mom quit drinking, so that has bonded okay, us together. Okay, so you're all sober together. Yeah. You're three. You're a gay little family. Yeah. Gay little gay sober little family. Gay boring, sober losers. Is that homophobic? I meant you're happy. Oh. You're a happy I, well, That's I'm what the, I meant. I'm from the Boston area, so yes, it was homophobic. Yeah. Well, oh, everyone there is homophobic. So they say. Mm-hmm. So you've been <laughs> sober a year. Yep. But you still... Text me at two in the morning as if you're drunk. Yeah. Well, I still get drunk, but I claim I'm sober. Got it. That's smart. To then help. you get the best of both worlds. You get all the Facebook likes for being sober. Yep. You get to be part of the sober community. Yep. But you get to get drunk. Yep. And then I get drunk and then I feel terrible about like lying about being sober. So I drink more. I've never had any issues with alcohol. I don't like the taste of it. I got uh, really lucky. I hate the taste of alcohol. Do you not really drink? I mean, I'm not sober, yeah. but I've never, it's always like I have to try to get drunk because wow. I don't like the taste. So I don't Damn. enjoy the process of drinking. That's nice. Uh, for the record, I am sober. Just kidding about uh, drinking still. But uh, I didn't like the taste of alcohol either when I was 15. That's when I started drinking, smoking weed. But uh, it was cool. I wanted it to be cool. on you. You grew on me, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I had that phase in college. I would force myself to go party because what <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to do and all your friends are doing, let's go drink, let's go have fun, let's get drunk. Totally. So I would do it. I've yeah. had n- nights where I woke up puking and Hell yeah. hung over. And Did you have fun with it that. for a while? Do you? There, Listen, there are t- drunk times where, yeah, you sloppily make out with a girl Hell or yeah. Get up to no good, flip over a golf cart, spray oh. paint some walls, break yeah. some windows, rob, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever Don't. it is. Yeah, they're fun, but I never wake up going, oh, yeah, let's, same thing with, you know, when I get off the phone with my parents. Yeah. I never wake up from a, a binge and going, let's do that again tonight. Fuck mm, yeah. 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 See, I would do that in college. I'd have a lot of fun and wake up, you know, being hungover, but like, that was a blast. Now I have the hangover crazies, as I call them. Just uh, a little bit of mania, I think. What do you mean? Anxiety as well. What, what do you mean? What do I mean? The uh, hangover crazies are waking up super anxious, <laughs> a little too outgoing, more than I normally end. I honestly th- think 
sometimes drinking would send me into a state of uh, hypomania. And you're an un- unlicensed therapist, so mm-hmm. you know what that's all about. You get it. <laughs> hypomania, of course. I'm familiar <laughs> with that. Uh, hangover crazies. I don't know. I think it's mostly anxiety, which gives you a rush of adrenaline because it's scary. I also have the new guilt, like in college, I didn't care at all what I did with my time. Yeah. And now as a 30-year-old man who has is not where I want to be financially yeah. and all that stuff, now if I wake up hungover, I go, man, I could have written last night or right. done something productive. Instead, now I'm that whole night is taken away. Now today is taken away because I'm totally. in pain. Yeah. So I also have the guilt of just... I'm wasting my time. Yes. Which adds a whole nother layer of not wanting to drink. Yeah, that's where I ended up towards the end. Like the past four years, it wasn't really fun. I'd have like two hours of fun and feeling good, but then I couldn't stop drinking, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, like, I can't stop. In my head, I was like, I'm going to have another one. After that, I was like, ah, one more. Then Why I'd be like, not? Ah, I'm a comedian. Yeah, keep going. This is, this is uh, romantic. I'm a fucking, you know, I'm self-destructive. I'm an artist. Is you were a Vine star, would you call yourself? That's, What's, yeah, what do you so. call yourself? If someone says, what did, well, you'd call yourself a comedian. Yeah. But back in the Vine days, would you say I'm a Vine star? If someone said, what do you do? No. Star? No. What'd you say? What would you say? <laughs> back when you were like the shit on Vine, you, how many followers <laughs> did you have? 3.4 million. 3.4 million. So back in that time, Vine is no longer a thing, right? Certainly not. It's like literally not an app anymore? Correct. That's crazy. But okay, so back when it was an app and you had 3 million followers, someone said, oh, what do you do for work? What would you say? Are we talking like an Uber driver or like... Yeah, or a family friend or you're at a bar. All right. I would say uh, I'm a comedian and I also do videos. Like I do comedy videos. Got it. So I think Vine, it's cool that you were popular on Vine, um, but were you like a little self-conscious about saying like, I'm a Vine guy? Is yeah. It, was it kind of like lame or whatever? Oh, yeah. Said, it was. Okay. In my head, at least. I think now it's it's become, it's still not a joke, but now it, you could say it's a little bit more of a joke because it's went under. Yeah. And is no more. But back in the, I t- it'd be like, okay, it'd be the equivalent of saying, oh, I'm a TikToker. Yeah, totally. Yeah. If Now, I don't have a big TikTok following, but if I had 3 million followers on TikTok, I would brag the shit out of that. I'd be yeah? like, oh yeah, I make tons of money on TikTok. Oh, I have right, 3 million yeah. followers. It's the dopest job I've ever had. I was pretty self-conscious about it being a stand-up comedian, being known for these wacky videos. Like I started stand-up in Boston one month and then three months later, Vine came out and then I like quickly got a lot of followers. Uh-huh. And then a lot of the comedians in Boston thought I was doing stand-up because of Vine, which doesn't make any sense. Even though to me. you did stand up first, you're saying? Yeah. But only three months before that. So like Well, Boston is a very, you know, judgmental culture. Yeah, yeah. The and people there. The comedy scene is super small, or it was back then at least. Yeah. Uh really clicky. So I came in there. So like, so that you got made fun of there for being doing Vine, even though Yeah. You not, had a bigger, you, you know Usually not to my face. But behind your back. Behind my back. Uh, and then I moved to LA a year later and continued, you know, not feeling respected. I think a lot of in it was LA, in my you don't head. feel respected? I didn't when I first moved here. I, th- I was so self-conscious about Vine. Well, I mean, no one's respected right. ever or when they first moved here unless <laughs> they become like Bill Burr. Yeah. But I don't 
think anyone was, or not that I know, no one's like talking shit about you. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or were they? I don't really know. Yeah. All I know is in my head, I assumed people didn't like me. Mm. <laughs> Which has kind of always been my thing my whole life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's just insecurity. <laughs> we all have a little of that. Yeah, totally. I was just listening to your uh, your episode with Brian Redband. Oh, nice. I heard about Vine on the Joe Rogan podcast. Brian mentioned it for like three seconds. And then oh, Joe, that's how you first heard about it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Because uh, now you're good friends with Redband. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. So that was wild. I, I visited LA for like six months into stand-up mm-hmm. um, to like collab with other Viners. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you got to do, right? Because yeah. it increases each other's... Got to grow. ...following. And then I went to the More comedy money. store to hang out just because I've been hearing about it from uh, Mark Maron and Joe Rogan and other podcasts. Uh-huh. And I saw Brian Redband there and uh, I asked him for a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, this is awesome, man. Uh, I heard about Vine from you on Joe, Joe's podcast and I just wanted to thank you. And he was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Then a couple minutes later, he was like, I, I've seen your vines. Yeah. Then he was like, you, you should do, like, come be on a podcast. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. And then for a minute there, I was like, wait, does he mean Joe Rogan's podcast? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I might be on the Joe Rogan podcast. Then a few minutes after that, I was like, no, nah, I'm probably just going to do a Death Squad podcast. Yeah, yeah. Which is still great. Uh-huh. I was nervous about it. And during that podcast, he was like, well, dude, you should move, you should move to LA and come be on my shows at the, at the Ice House. And I was like, what the fuck? So all my dreams are coming true. Yeah. But I still had this uh, thought in my head. It's like, oh, man, nobody likes me. I'm a Vine boy. <laughs> and yeah. I, everyone has those thoughts. Where, yeah. You know, I have the thoughts no one likes me because I make sexist jokes. You know? Right. Well, nobody does because yeah. of that. That's what I thought. So that's not wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess we're all just not liked for one reason or yeah. another. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, that's good. I had a girlfriend the first two years of Vine uh, relationship, 10 years in relation. Mm-hmm. So see, that, would, that's the only way to be safe these days. I know, right? Is to just get a get in a committed relationship yeah. and behave yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I have a girlfriend now of eight months. Thank God. How'd so you guys meet? The only reason I'm, I'm with her is to DM, protect Instagram myself. Instagram DMs? We met on uh, Raya. Oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get it, but it's uh, iPhone only, iOS only. Oh, wait. You're and I'm an Android, Android user. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck you. It's better. <laughs> you ruin group texts. <laughs> well, okay. Now my new thing. Um, so there was... A door guy group text. Yeah. And I literally wasn't a part of it because people didn't want an Android <laughs> yeah. phone in there. Yeah. But I have a MacBook. So now I have my group text in there just hooked up to my iMessage on my MacBook. So not my okay. phone number, but my email, basically. So you carry around your laptop everywhere. So I can't. I base, I, which is actually, <laughs> that group text is so much that it's the perfect amount. I open up my laptop and I have 200 messages to oh, catch Jesus. up on. So I'm like, I'm glad that's oh, not fuck. hooked up to my phone. Yeah. Jesus. I have a group text with some friends from home and uh, I just have it on like si- silent, whatever that's called. Do not disturb. So I don't get like vibrations or uh, dings, pings. Yeah. Cause yeah, that would drive me You crazy. could do that too. But even when I don't get the, like if I pull out my phone and I have a notification, I have this thing in my head where I have to check it. I don't. You're lucky. Take a look at this, dude. Oh boy. This always blows people's this minds. This always gives a lot of people some stress. 
Wait, hold on. Which app are you about to pull out? iMessage. And, you know, you look at my phone calls and emails. That's 800 unread text messages. Wait, how? Because. Where are they from? How do you not read these? They're underage girls. (laughs) (laughs) They're from friends. Okay, no, a lot of these are like, some of them are from friends, but some of these are like Postmates and. Yeah. See, I just switched my phone to where I can't read a text on my home screen. Like I, it just says iMessage. Uh-huh. So now I have to open it to read it. But for years, I I could read a text uh, without even opening then, my phone. Yeah. And if it's a friend saying yes, I'm like, well, I don't need to open that. It's another right. step. It's wasting right. so my it's time. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's perfect. I was watching your vines for the first time really? an hour ago. All right. Uh, I always knew you did Vine, but I just never had Vine. So I yeah. never like went on to check people's Vines. If I didn't hear about it from Red Band on Rogan's podcast, I would never. I definitely heard about it. I was just never. Never cared. It was such a, it was, was it, how long was the Vine wave for? A year? A two years? How it, long was Vine popular for? I'd say like three years. Three years. Okay. So for, for whatever reason, it just blew right past me. Yeah. Like I made an account, but you know, I never, it's kind of like TikTok right now. I just haven't yeah. put yeah. too much. It's like, so is Instagram dead? I don't know what's going on, but I, your compilations are on YouTube now. Right. So if you search what I doing on YouTube, I don't know if it was you or someone took them all. Somebody else. And smashed them together. <laughs> and they're really funny. Oh, thanks. And silly. They're kind of like, they're kind of like. I mean, you could see why they're viral, especially with yours, because like a lot of them you would, what would you do? Pay homeless people to be Um, in them? I, yeah. Because a lot of them are like you singing a song and then like turning it to a homeless person or something like that, or asking a homeless person something. And it's just a short, because they're only seven seconds. So it's literally just you saying something, the reaction from the homeless person. Yeah. So my most viral vine was me singing, do you want to dance with me? And I'd show a homeless guy. Responding to that. Responding basically. to it. And either, yeah, and you'd either go, no one wants to dance with me, or... Yeah. Why you, won't anyone dance yeah, with or, me? Or they will want to dance with you, and you go, whatever. My original thought was that was that I actually go to strangers and say, do you want to dance with me? And then they would probably not react at all. Mm-hmm. And then it'd flip it back to me. Why won't anyone dance with me? And then that was my idea. It was like, no one's going to actually say anything. Yeah. So the most viral vine I went up to, or I saw a homeless guy. Then I went up to him and I did that. Uh-huh. And his response was, how can I help you? And I like deleted that vine and I was like, I'm making a video. Just tell me to go fuck myself. So I was like, do you want to dance with me? And he said, go and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I flipped back to me and said, why won't anyone dance with me? And then he improvised because I want to fuck you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that Which one. Which was weird. Oh, that was your most popular one? Yeah. How many how many views did that get? <laughs> I don't know, like millions and millions. <laughs> yeah, it was it's pretty absurd. Yes. So did you ever like, hey, thanks, dude. Here's five bucks? Yeah, I think that day I was like, yeah, gave him give him some money. And then I posted it thinking like this doesn't make any comedic sense. But like, it does, because it's just ridiculous. Go and fuck yourself. Why won't anyone dance with me? Because I want to fuck you. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. yeah. And at first, when I saw it, I was like, all right, this is weird. And I was like, I'll post it. Then I walked back to the car. And like within 12 minutes, I had like 2,000 likes. You couldn't uh-huh. see views back then. And I was like, holy shit. That was like by far the most I'd gotten. Oh, you don't even know how many views it got. Back then. 
early days of Vine, you couldn't see loops, they called them, how many times your Vine was played. Got it. Just likes. Just likes. So 100 likes per minute, that was the sign of a Vine doing well. So I was getting over 100 likes per minute. So I was like, yeah. all right, we got something here. And um, the next couple of days, I was refreshing my followers, like see, see how many new followers I was getting. I was getting like multiple followers per second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was a little scary. So I was like, holy shit. And then, so how many did you have at the end of that one video? Was this your first viral one? It's my first like viral, viral one. Uh-huh. And it like became a small cultural thing. Like I heard this like, people tweeted me like, this Spanish musician just sang your song to a huge crowd. I didn't know who he was, but I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. Um, And I think it was a cultural thing among like high school kids. They would mm-hmm. say, like, I sing this in the halls. Like, Why everybody loves dance it. dance with me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I designed it to be annoying in an, in an annoying jingle. Do you uh-huh. want to dance with me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but I think wait, it got oh, stuck in people's But how many sets. followers did you get from that one video? Like, at the end of it, how many did you have? Good question. I couldn't. It was tough to track. I'll say, like, maybe, like, 15,000. Pretty good. But it. That vine helped me just steadily grow for a while. Sure, then you could build off of that. Yep. So I found that formula of this whole singing thing, and I did it a few more times. Always scripted. Hate to break. Hate to break the hearts. I had a feeling. Of all those teens out there. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of people thought they were real, and I was like, "All right, well, if you think that, that's think cool. whatever you want. Yeah, I want to ruin the magic for you." Yeah, and I was just like, I'm just trying to be entertaining here. So, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of, I had some guilt about that. So, did it get to the point? It got to the point where you're making money off of it, right? Yeah, it was paying your bills, I imagine. Yep. And did that happen pretty quick? Pretty quick in the grand scheme of things. I think like six months later, after so starting six Vine, six months into doing Vine, you're making. Is it paying all your bills? Six months in. Not all my bills. Let's say year in, definitely paying the bills. Okay, so year in, it's paying all your bills. Yeah. So at this point, it's your your job, so to speak, right? Because yep. you're not making a living doing stand-up. Right. So did you wake up in the morning and did you think, okay, I have to post something today? Like, yeah. is it it's that type of thing? Oh, yeah. And I wanted to. The first whole year, I'd say, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge creative outlet for me. My legs falling asleep. Uh, excuse me. Huge creative outlet for me, um, but I was all. I also I was kind of like addictive about it. Addict behavior. In what sense? To where I'd wake up and be like, all right, I gotta fucking post something. Then I'd go out for hours in the streets of Boston because in Boston there was no other uh, viners around. Uh huh. So I'd go out, try to make something with somebody or do something. Did you have an idea when you left the house, or did you just go out and you were just like, oh, let me think of something while I'm out here? Uh, I'd say like half and half. Sometimes okay. I'd go out. And look at stuff, see like what was interesting or what I could do with certain stuff. Like there was one, excuse me, I thought of an idea called unnecessary swearing. I think uh-huh. I just thought like, oh, it'd be funny if I went to Dunkin' Donuts and said, I'll take a large iced coffee filled with shit. And just, just in real life, that would be yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Or fun for me to do. Yeah, it'd be a fun video. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I had that idea. I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I knew near Fenway Park, and I went to those people, and I was like, all right, hey, so I'm a comedian, and I just wanted to try out a video, Yeah. so I'm just going to order a coffee. They were like, what? Yeah. They are like, yeah. uh, I'm just going to order a coffee. And so right, I did right. that. I was like, I'll take a large iced coffee filled with shit, 
and a motherfucking donut, please. Because it was titled Unnecessary Swearing. Yeah, yeah. Just swearing when it's, there's no need. Yeah. So that was one where I had an idea, and it did happened. Did that one do good? Yeah. Yeah. That one did well. <laughs> and so I'd wake up. I might wake up, check the popular page. I think that one was number one on the popular page. I was like, fuck yeah. All right. I just earned myself one day of relaxing and feeling high off of getting good numbers. Mm-hmm. People being like, this is so funny. Getting a big rush from that. Right. But then the next day comes around and I got to make something else, man. It's true. The, even the rush, yeah, the rush of just releasing content, seeing the reaction. Yeah. Like all day, I'm just checking Instagram. Oh, uh, and the, the comments. It's the worst. Now it's, I hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, I hated, I hated constantly making content almost like a year and a half later. I was like, fuck, I got to do something. I was like, I got to stay relevant. How do I do this? I'm old on Vine. It's interesting too, because Vine is such a unique this seven second clips, like it doesn't really translate to stand up or Instagram no. or YouTube. Like, no, it's like I was watching you do it and I was like, oh, he's really good at this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but you can't really use this towards any other medium. No, I could take uh, in some of my stand up, maybe like a story, it'd be a funny Instagram story or something. Yeah, yeah, in, that's about it. I would talk about it in my stand up talking about like some experiences I had, but I couldn't just go up there and recite a vine. <laughs> Early on in stand-up, I did say like, uh, I make vine videos. There's six sep- second looping videos. Here's an example of one. And I did Jesse Pinkman. Just like, yo, Mr. White, what, bitch? Yo, Mr. White, what, bitch? And I'd just do that over and over as if I was live looping. <laughs> and I would do that until people laughed, hopefully. Sometimes I didn't. But right. it, it would get me some laughs. I was like, all right, I got I got. 30 seconds. Right. But you can't, do, you can't do a 200 vines as your act. No, no. <laughs> That'd be interesting to watch though. And I did some, uh, like, I did some headlining spots at Levity Live in uh, Syracuse Funny Bone. Uh-huh. Where it was all Vine fans. It was matinee shows, all ages. And I would do some of my characters I did on Vine on stage. I also had a Vine friend open with his band before me. The audience liked it, but I wasn't happy with what I was doing. So I was like yeah. a year into doing stand-up, I knew that I like wasn't good at stand-up because no I was one. old enough to know like your first year, you're going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to enough podcasts to know like new comedians probably suck. Yeah. I wasn't a gifted stand-up comedian. I knew I sucked. So I was yeah. headlining, sold out shows thinking like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> but you knew, you couldn't turn down the paycheck Was that's that part I, of it that's when i realized Was that like the main reason you did it or you just didn't want to say no like if you I, knew you sucked i did it because i wanted to get try better. i wanted to get better i wanted to try it um and that's that was my goal all along with vine i was like all right i build an audience here then i can sell tickets Mm-hmm. But the whole time I was like, God damn it. I wish I started stand up at least five years before because then I'd be funny. Right. And I wouldn't disappoint everybody who came to see me at these shows. <laughs> but you probably didn't disappoint them. Those two headlining shows, I didn't disappoint. I don't because think. they're all excited to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of just like people. Like, like I've <laughs> watched, you know, I don't want to name names of celebrities that do stand up mm-hmm. that aren't good at stand up, but there's plenty of them. Yeah. And I've. Yeah. 
working at the comedy store and just being around comedy, I've seen many of them. Unless they're really unbearable, <laughs> the crowds are happy. Yeah. Like they leave stoked that they, they could see an amazing opener, but they're stoked on the headliner because they watched their movies growing up or they, yeah, you know, totally. whatever it is. They just want to see you in person. And then I did meet and greets after the show, so they wanted a picture. I brought merch thinking like, dude, I'm going to sell out so quickly. Barely anybody bought a t-shirt. Oh, I'm surprised. They just wanted a selfie, which is fine. Yeah. A lot of the times people would actually come to shows because they just wanted to see me do comedy most <laughs> of the time. But sometimes like, you know, 25 year old girls would come to a show and then I see them after it's like, what's up? And then I don't know. We'll just. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and then they didn't want to talk to me anymore because they <laughs> yeah. saw me. Yeah. I've had it work uh, both ways because. You know, in LA, there's so many shitty shows. Yeah. So you, the trick is you have to invite them when you have a good show. Exactly. <laughs> one time I invited a girl to watch me at a uh, show at Hooters. Okay. And it was just like this dead yeah. bar show. And yeah, I was up tough. there for 15 minutes bombing my ass <laughs> off. Yeah. That's tough. Just sweating under this hot, ho- upstairs of a shitty, dirty Hooters bombing. Yeah. And let's just say... She didn't think it was cute. But she stayed afterwards? No. I mean, uh, like, maybe to be polite, but okay. nothing happened with that. Me it's and uncomfortable. Young lady. If someone's bombing, it's uncomfortable for everybody. And then afterwards, I can imagine it's like, hey. I'm job. always self-conscious no matter what. So if I bring a girl to a show, even if it's a good show, I'm always just like, you know, you're going to be really unattractive to me if you see me bomb. I would like say that too. Set them up. And they're like, no, 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 it'll be cute. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would tell them, like, even just like friends or, or, or like girls I met on a dating app. Sometimes I would say like, I have a show you can come to if you want, bring some friends, whatever. But like, there's a chance I could bomb and then it'll be uncomfortable for everybody. Just as And unattractive. Like, in case... I bomb. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to talk to me. <laughs> like, no, it's okay. They don't um, realize. And then they watch it and they go, oh, yeah, I see what he's talking about. If, if <laughs> yeah, you bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I never fucking bomb. <laughs> no, just kidding. I I, but then it's the op- the opposite. If they watch you kill. Yeah. They wet like, their little job. panties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bombed. This is like a third date with a girl. She's an artist, had an artist studio. Um. Like, I was, like, 31. She was 30. I was like, all right, this is normal. It's mm-hmm. like, and she's successful? Oh, God. I was, like, scared of her already. She had an art gallery in her successful art world. She was like, oh, my God. I, sh- I-, I should do a stand-up show here. And she's friends with uh, Ari. Uh, no, no. Rami. Rami Youssef. Uh-huh. Uh, before he blew up. Uh-huh. And I knew Rami. I was kind of – I was buddies with him. Mm-hmm. So Rami set up this show in the art gallery – and I wrote, big mistake. I knew this wasn't the wrong thing to do. I wrote brand new jokes about the girl I was dating, thinking like, oh, all their friends are going to be How long have you been dating? Like a month. Okay. So I took all the, you know, context clues, like yeah, anything yeah. I learned about her. You tried brand new stuff in front of her and her friends. Yeah, but guess what? None of her friends showed up. It was just all comedians. But then I chose like, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll do them anyway. I'll do them anyway. And it just bombed in front of... My peers. How long did you see her after that? She was, she's a really good person. (laughs) So we kept dating. Okay, good. And I think her seeing me fail 
was maybe endearing, but she wasn't like that. No, that was cute. <laughs> she didn't say anything like that. Yeah. But she, so I guess since she was- She didn't she, end things though. She No, she didn't end things. She still made out with you that night. Yeah. Yeah, we still made out. That's great. I love making out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Making out's fun. When, uh, just, and I should say, I should add in light of today's times, consensually with an adult female, I like making totally. out. Although, uh, I've done some research and did you know that you're actually allowed to make out with a 16-year-old girl? Jesus. Yeah, if you were just to kiss one on the mouth, yeah, that type of make out, mm. completely legal as long as it's consensual. As soon as you get into like boob action mm. or vagina stuff, no, you're yeah. a statutory rapist at that point. Okay. But good, just good so you know. know. Thank you. If you were to go on a date with, a, let's say, a junior in high school. <laughs> yeah. And you got along great. And at the end of the night, you wanted to go in for a kiss. According to the United States government. Right. That's okay. See, there's laws and then there's like social Laws. Yeah, social laws, that's illegal. <laughs> that's very illegal. <laughs> you broke the law. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Can't imagine making out with a 16-year-old. They look so young. Uh, Yeah, the, I mean, actually, my first kiss, I was 16. I think I was, too. So That's late. So that was the last time I made out with a 16-year-old girl, and mm. I loved it, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. I loved making out with a 16-year-old <laughs> when I was 16, so. <laughs> when you were 16. Yeah, when I was 16. Okay. Right. So my only memory of mm. a 16-year-old is loving it. So her. you could say what... Loving her. Loving... Well, no, I never loved her. You call her it an it. Too. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, there's no, you know, I don't want to... I don't know what gender she identifies as. True. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> call say that what you will about me, but I loved making out with a 16-year-old girl. Right. When you're how old now? 30. So that's a little, you're a little too old for that. Socially. I'm trying to trap you into. Yeah, yeah. So I'm breaking all the. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to ruin your career, dude. I think I just ruined it for myself. (laughs) If you just took that soundbite of me just talking about that, it'd be uncomfortable for everyone. I didn't get a lot of uh, girls in high school because I looked really young. Everyone treated me. I didn't get a lot either. That was like the first one. Everyone treated me like a little brother. Like, oh, Rai Rai, you're so cute. I'm like, I want to be hot. <laughs> then in college, I realized uh, I could be funny, and then girls would like me. Yeah. Because <clears throat> in high school, they like the bad boys. But they if like you're hot assholes. and funny, then, if you're that double threat, right? You're getting, boom. You're and then hot. have money. If you're hot, funny, and have money, you're unstoppable. And if you're a performer in front of big crowds, making them laugh hard. And boom. that's what Chris D'Elia was. Yeah. He was a triple threat. Yeah. Is and he, he still took it too far. Is he hot? Uh, plenty of girls think he's hot. Yeah, he's tall. He's I know. Jacked, tall. Damn. Scruff. But I'm, some girls didn't. You know, it's taste. Every girl has taste. I'm 5'9". It's just, it's been a battle. I'm 5'9 as well. 5'9 used to be an average height. Now we're below average. Really? Yeah. All growing up, 5'9 was, oh, average height. Yeah. Cool. I'm fine with being average. Right. Now the new uh, 5'10 is actually national average. <sighs> you know, I was just diagnosed with... Degenerative disc disease. Are you serious? It's not an actual disease. It's just a condition. I have two discs that are thinner than they should be. Seriously? So I'm a shorter. I'm probably five six now. But yeah, yo, you're you're shrinking. How old are you? Thirty six. At age thirty six, you're shrinking. I mean, we all are. Not but me. Me faster than than others. No, I'm not shrinking. No, I'm a growing boy. <laughs> oh wow! I stretch real good. I eat calcium. 
I've been stretching a lot. I went to a physical therapist, got to do stretches for the rest of my life, which everyone should do anyways. But have you been productive during the quarantine? Productive, not in comedy or anything creative, but interestingly enough that I'm on the Unlicensed Therapist podcast. I'm going to grad school starting July 6th. No way. Getting my Congrats. master's. Congrats. In what? Master's in clinical psychology. Seriously? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What made you decide to do that? That's so interesting. <sighs> what made me? Well, in large part, going to therapy myself. Uh-huh. I was in a major depression. Like when? This was three years ago. Okay. In large part due to alcoholism. social media. Oh, and social alcohol. Media. Yeah, yeah. And just chronic depression for my whole life. Mm-hmm. My life was falling apart, or at least that's how I perceived it. It was like I, I lost three million followers overnight. You lost them? Like from oh, Vine. Oh, when Vine disappeared. They went away. Yeah, yeah. They weren't like, fuck you, we're out. Yeah, They're yeah. just Vine, Vine went away. Vine yeah. was like, fuck you, we're out. What happened with, <laughs> the re- rewind, because I forgot to ask this question. So when Vine was closing, they called all the popular Viners in, basically, right? And they were like, what do you guys want to do? And inst- and Vi- and all the popular Viners were like, if you want Vine to keep going, you better pay us a bunch of money. That That's was, what happened. And then they're like, okay, well then fuck you. Yeah, that was a group of like the top 50 Viners. Were, were you in that group? No. Oh, you were not. Okay. And there were some in the top 50 who weren't, weren't a part of that. Uh-huh. These Viners to help, like proposed $1.2 million each from Vine or else they'd stop posting. Uh-huh. They didn't tell me or anyone else about that. I think we would have said like, what the fuck? No, they don't have that money. Yeah. But they were like, yo, give us this money or we're stopping. And Vine was like, we don't make money. Yeah. So they stopped posting and then their engage- Vine's engagement went down because those fans weren't watching anymore. Uh-huh. And that's when Vine like approached me and my group of friends and some other people. They Vine finally got this uh, creative manager, head of creative Some guy talent. who works at Vine, yeah caring about talent person, mm-hmm. acknowledging talent person, because they yeah. wouldn't give they wouldn't acknowledge us for like the first three years, which angered a lot of us. So Vine went in and was like, hey guys, we're sorry we haven't shown you enough appreciation. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna like feature you. We're gonna feature each of you for a couple weeks. Also uh we're gonna take you on trips. I went to Japan with Vine. Oh that's sick. Yeah, it was fun. Granted, I had mono and a uh, sinus infection. I didn't know I had mono. I was so you 30, were sick the whole time. I was 31 with mono, yeah. and I did not make out with any teens. God damn it. What about any adults with mono? Probably, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Had to have been adults. Hey, at least it wasn't herpes. I know, right? Yeah. Thank God. Mono, mono isn't that bad. Well, I've never had it, but I imagine I, it's not that bad. I didn't have a bad case of it either. It was mild. I didn't even know I had it. It was just like, man. So you got to go to Japan. Oh, so Vine. So after all those people said we're not posting, yeah. Vine still continued a little bit after that. Yeah. Okay. For some reason in my head, I thought they're like, okay, we're shutting it down. No, not right away. Okay. You can tell they were panicking because they came to us like a deadbeat dad being like, I'm sorry, son. I want to work on this relationship. Yeah. And most of us were like, cool, thank you, but also, fuck you. Like, why didn't you give a fuck about us until now, now that you're struggling? Uh, But no, yeah, I took the free trip. (laughs) Was Vine owned by Twitter? (laughs) Yeah. It was. Okay, it was part of Twitter. Yep. So Twitter wasn't doing well at all. I don't don't even know how they're making money still. So I think because of Trump. Trump? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Twitter laid off 450 employees and shut down Vine the same day. So 
I don't think Vine was costing. That I think, was how the story ended. Yep, the end. Yeah, Vine I think was costing them ten million dollars a month for the bandwidth. Bandwidth. Jesus. That's one thing I heard. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, ten million more than I've ever had. But I would make money through brand deals. Like brands would hire right. me to make vines about them. Uh huh. So that was great. But after Vine shut down. The deal stopped coming. Yeah. Currently, I've only had one brand deal in the past year. It's been through Instagram. Yeah. It's Franzia boxed wine that saved my ass. I was fucking broke, panicking. Oh yeah. But now you're going to get your master's in clinical psychology. Yep. That's so interesting. I want to merge my careers. What was your uh, undergrad degree in? Sociology. Okay. Um, I hope to merge my careers, comedy and psychology. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that's going to look like. I would like to become a licensed therapist. I'd say go on license. Yeah, yeah. I could. It's, uh, it's good, man. <laughs> yeah. Going on license, like, I don't know the legal ramifications down the road. Right. But I didn't have to go to school. Right. And... If so, if I help someone, awesome, mm-hmm. great. I love helping people. I would love to help you. <laughs> if I ruin someone's life, well, you shouldn't listen to me. I'm not licensed, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's win win. So, yeah, going licensed, I feel like sets yourself up for a lot of risk. Yeah, I mean, it, it can protect you too, but a lot of pressure to like be a Pressure, good therapist and then you got to market yourself and I got clients I gotta and you got to keep a bunch of secrets like that's the other thing I'm unlicensed I could anything someone tells me in therapy I could talk about it to anyone I want <laughs> yeah right I'm not a I'm not a doctor right there's no patient confidentiality agreement and also I've been thinking like assuming I become licensed and I start having clients are they going to like, they're going to Google me. I'm going to use my real name. Rydoon is not my full name. But like, what if Ryan they find Dune. out I made these wacky, silly videos? So like, are they going to take me seriously? I think, I think that'll work in two ways. I think some people will be like, I don't want this guy to be my therapist. Yeah. But then some people will be like, oh, that's awesome. My therapist is hilarious. That's great. And I think I will attract men in show business. Probably men, mostly men. Really? I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like, Teenagers. Vine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're teenagers. Yeah. We loved you from Vine. Oh, that that'd be a conflict, bro. I think. You tell me, you're in, you're a therapist. Uh I mean, listen, they've grown up now. They're not teenagers anymore. They love you from Vine. They need therapy. Mm. They know you. They're a little more comfortable with you than some stranger because mm-hmm. you at least they're familiar with you. I don't think it's a conflict. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're good to go. Keep um, those teens therapy. But honestly, real talk, I, given my stand-up experience and also social media, I could help people, I could help people in entertainment with their shit. Because I'd be like, dude, I've been there, bro. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it like that. Oh, I see what you're saying. People going through depression of maybe not booking shit or losing yeah. f- losing fans or... And even if whatever it is, and one day they could come into uh, my office and be like, "I just had a really bad experience at an audition." I I'll know to an extent what that's like. Got it. So you could be like the Hollywood therapist. Yeah, therapist to the stars. I dig it. 
but I don't want to quit stand up. But then again, I've I'm 36 and I've been thinking like, fuck, am I going to be like a 56 year old road comic, single right. and fat? Worried about... I don't know. Well, yeah, especially... And now you have a girl, so it's like probably going on the road isn't as fun. You have a girlfriend. When you have a girlfriend, then you're on the road and you just miss your girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on the road since this relish. I had a girlfriend. uh, I opened for Jamie Kennedy in Tempe. Nice. But I was still drinking, so I had a good time. Yeah. Not with other girls, but like... And and it's different if you're you're on the road like once a month. It's not that bad, but then if if you're a touring comic and yeah. you're headlining every weekend and you're just gone all the Thursday through yeah, Monday no. tough yeah having a relationship is pretty hard and I for, I look at a life I could have if I become a licensed therapist own my own practice stability I could make a lot of money but then I think like is that giving up on my dream of comedy I'm like I think it is then I'm like well I can merge it somehow yeah I mean maybe decide that when the time comes yeah as of right now, you're just going to school and there's no comedy to do anyway. I know. So, and a recession. It's like perfect timing. Yeah. It's scary though. Do you have anything school. in your life I could give you therapy on? I think I have a cell phone addiction, social media addiction. Okay. I, got that. I now hate, I haven't enjoyed posting videos for the past three years. I kept on trying to find a way to love it again. I was repeating it in action, expecting a different result. I was insane. Mm-hmm. Definition, definition. Why of don't you think you love it anymore? Is it the pressure? Is it the you don't enjoy the process of making it? Which I, is the part you really that's stopping you? I still love writing. I love thinking of jokes and thinking of sketches and writing a sketch. But then I got to shoot it. I got to book friends to be in it. So the producing part of it, you don't like? I hate it. And editing too? Hate it. Got it. So you just like writing it and being in it. What yep. about the posting it part with the, you know, getting all the likes? That has not been no. paying off for three years. Uh, I just wasn't growing a lot on Instagram. But not just growth. Do you just enjoy the process of posting, posting it? Yeah. Forget about going viral and all that other shit. Um, I guess so. Just so, so, the part, some... so the main part you don't like is producing editing. The work part. The non-fun part. Yeah. Um, well. And then I post... And then it doesn't get a lot of views when I used to get so many. Then I'm like, oh, God, I'm a failure. Also, some logistical things. I haven't gotten a brand deal in over a year. It's like not. But those are just so those are just career complaints. The you know they're not getting a lot of views and the the brand deals. Those there's not really like that's not a therapy problem in my mind. I mean, in the sense that you just got you're gonna have to get over that. Well, what do you think about this? I don't love making these videos and the resulting in. Barely any positive feedback. <laughs> Do you think it's because I don't love it? The passion's gone, so the like that could be it, it part reads. of it. That could be part of it, but I think um, there's nothing wrong with realizing. Okay, I like writing. I like the acting part of it. I like the posting part of it. Mm-hmm. First off, you got to if you're not making money at it, you just I know you used to, but still, you just have to be like, okay, there's highs and lows, and right. I got to remember why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for fun because I like doing it. Yeah, but so I don't you, like doing it anymore. But you don't like the, the only parts you don't like is a per, asking your friends to do it and editing it. Mm-hmm. You could outsource those. The minute I start writing a sketch, I just think, "Fuck, I'm going to post this." I mean, a lot of people will will see it, will see it, but it's just like 
That's I'm gonna get like twelve comments. That's low. Twelve's pretty good. For a loser like you, dude. Yeah. I'm a fucking influencer. Twelve's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, you just gotta embrace that you're a loser like me now. <laughs> Fuck. Listen, there's there's people that go like this. And keep going up like this. Yeah. There's people that go like this and then come back down. And yeah. sometimes they go back up and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just go down, 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 down. Yeah. And that's you. <laughs> you went up and now you're down, 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 down. Yep. But you just got to embrace it. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm being me. It's a wild ride, baby. Maybe I'll go back up. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe another vine will come around. Maybe TikTok. You try I, jumping on that wagon? I don't want to. And I thankfully I'm so blessed to have a manager. My manager still has a job. Uh-huh. I recently told him, was like, he was like, how's your TikTok? And I was like, ah, I want to talk to you about that. I don't want to do it. It's run its course. I'm tired of making videos. I want to do writing and acting and stand up. Also, heads up, I'm going to grad school. <laughs> and he thought it was great. Oh, good. Because I was like, I want to merge careers, whatever the fuck that's going to look like. So he's supportive. Yeah. That's wonderful. Because I, I thought he would be, with social media, I thought he might be like, dude, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's <laughs> your thing. Yeah. but And I talked to my licensed therapist a lot about this. Uh-huh. But, well, fuck that <laughs> guy. Is it a guy? It's a girl. Oh, man. Even worse. Yeah, they're stupid. They can't, well, they can't relate to us. She's- uh, She could therapy other girls. She's a lesbian. Okay. I'm back so at on least, board. We bond in our attraction. Yeah, you both like women. Adult. Yeah, I get that. Uh, And she has clients who are influencers, quote unquote. Sounds like you're doing all the right steps. You don't like making videos anymore. You're going to grad school. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe move out of LA. Maybe move to (laughs) Milwaukee. I could see you living in Milwaukee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You like the Brewers? No. You like, Uh, oh, you don't drink anymore. I like the Red Sox. No, you got to be an alcoholic if you live in Milwaukee. I know, right? Got to stay warm. You ever been to Bali? No. It's the influencer capital of the world. Really? It's uh, it's all these digital nomads, all these Instagram models and people Princes. who just have tons of viral shit online. They all just move to Bali because it's so cheap and they just make a post uh, on their Instagram once a day and mm. live their lives. I have for years thought like, yeah, I could move to Costa Rica, live like a gang. Yeah, I'm sure it's similar. Yeah. <laughs> Be pretty cool. But uh, wait, I think social media has just run its course for me. I'm 36. I'm a grown-ass man. I'm tired of making these wacky sketches. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't have an interest in posting any photos. So is this the podcast you're announcing? You're retired from social media right here on this podcast? I think so. You heard it here first wow. on Unlicensed Therapy. Rye Dune is too old. And so tired of posting these dumb videos for yep. you unappreciative fucking idiots. <laughs> and he's done. Yeah, it's your fault. If you, if would you had just press more, like. Yeah, if you had commented more than 12 times, you'd still be here. Maybe I'd still have the passion. But if you need some therapy, look him up. Talk to me in six years. Well, you could. What if you did unlicensed therapy while you... <laughs> Did your degree, and that way you had like six years of experience <laughs> yeah. already. You're ahead of the curve. Talk to my therapist about yeah, that. Yeah, I've been a licensed therapist for one year, but I did unlicensed therapy for six <laughs> yeah. years before this, so I'm pretty good. I talked to my therapist about that, kind of. I was like, maybe I'll start a podcast about 
I don't know, psychology or a, you know, mental health podcast. And she was like, the bureau will block you from getting your license if you do that. Nah, they won't. I looked into it. <laughs> yeah. Take my word for it. All They're right. good. I'll take your word for it. I'm going to do it. I talked to the bureau. Okay. Or do it under a fake name then. Like Create ride a fake identity. Do it under ride down. Yeah. You know what that is? Here's what. Here's something real that I have found with my podcast, Unlicensed Therapy. Mm-hmm. First off, this podcast is more of a conversation and less of therapy. At least yeah. that's what it's turned into. It's not much therapy. I say, is there any problems you could help? I could help you out with. Yeah. It's not like really mocking therapy as much as the title. But when I tell any licensed therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist about my podcast, they hate me. <laughs> they hate my guts. Really? Almost every time. Do they think you're dangerous or anything? No, they think uh, I'm basically like m- disrespecting and mocking their life. Oh, okay. Which... If I am, even if I am, yeah, who cares? It's a, it's a silly. I'm a comedian, right? Relax. I, yeah. So that's that's pretty much what I've, the main issue I've encountered my whole life, is that I don't take anything seriously, mm-hmm. and I make jokes about it, and whatever I goof around about it, and people get mad. So the same thing has happened with my podcast. No one's made a big deal out of it. Yeah, I've just felt it. You know, I'll tell, maybe I'll match with a girl on Tinder and she goes, I'm a psychologist. And I go, oh, I have a podcast where I do unlicensed therapy. Unmatch, you know. Things like <laughs> that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> shit like that. I wonder what my therapist would think. She probably wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, you should tell your therapist about it and see what she says. She'll probably be like, That's stupid. Probably. Not cool. Or like, she'd be like, whatever. So it's a podcast. He's a Tell comedian. her I'm lesbian though, and then she'll like it. She might be. She might hit you up. Yeah. No, just kidding. She's married. She's uh, like forced me to just become this woke fucking pussy. I'm sorry, I just said pussy. I think I'm woke, just not in LA. If I moved to Boston or Milwaukee, mm-hmm. I think people would be like, "Oh, it's right, pretty woke." You know, I was more woke when I lived in Boston. Granted, I was. In college, college kids are woke as fuck. But I started losing my wokeness when I moved out here. And I blame, the, because I blame the comedy they're store. They're too woke here. Oh, you're saying you just were around unwoke people. See, for me, Los Angeles is so woke that it makes me not want to be woke. Same. Same here. It's like, hey, there's a healthy amount of wokeness, and you guys crossed that line. I totally agree. Social justice warriors... They anger me. Uh, one time, uh, I I had a podcast. I ended it. Ugh, my leg. Uh, can you help my leg issue? Um, yeah, I'll touch if you want to put it. Here, I'll just touch it. Okay, just rub my legs. Yeah. Uh, I had a podcast called "I'm Sorry, Dad," unrelated to anything about my dad. And I had uh, interesting a interesting title. A guest, Paul Mill. Paul Gilmartin on who has a podcast called the Mental Illness Happy Hour. Okay. And we talked about suicide on it. Okay. And I posted Have you ever been suicidal? Indeed. Wow. Oh, indeed. Wow. Been watching The Wire. Uh yeah. Have you? Not really. Got I've it. been sa- really sad and depressed, you, but I've never actually thought about You just gotta never harder. planned out a suicide. I never planned. Oh. Suicidal ideation. Thinking about it. Wanting to die. It's a nice ben, ring. It's Benji Aflalo. You know him? Yeah. He's calling me. One of the hardest I ever left stand-up was from Benji at the Comedy Store. Really? Yeah. What was he doing? Yelling at the audience, <laughs> saying the F word, as in faggot. 
Nice. It's <laughs> like yelling at the audience. It was part of his bit. He didn't like lose his cool or anything. Right. But, I remember woo. that. He had a phase where he was, that was his thing. Yeah. He doesn't do that as much anymore. But there was a moment where he was just angry and yelling at people and yeah. insulting them. And it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I was crying, laughing. I think that was the second He got in a couple fights from it. Did he? Yeah, there was a couple shows where he was doing it. Because I think in the beginning he did it and it worked. The first few times he did it, it worked really well. And I think... He, I'm speaking for him. He's never told me any of this, so I, I'm just making from my perspective. So he did it a few times, worked really good. So in his head, he's thinking, oh, I think I'm on to something here. Yeah. Like, this could be my thing. Right. So <laughs> he kept doing it, and then he got in a fight with some because he's basically, like, yelling, and not just yelling, he'd, you know, call girls dumb in the crowd <laughs> if they're being yeah. dumb. He'd be like, you're a fucking dumb bitch, and... Shit like that. So he did that and then got into a big fight and the manager had to come break it up. Oh, wow. Are you talking like a fight after his set? Yeah, (laughs) I think, or like it was about to be. I don't know if it actually became one, but, you know, he was in a yelling match with some guy and (laughs) managers had to come break it up. And I think that might have happened a couple times. And then (laughs) there was a couple times where it's just audience didn't respond well to him Mm -hmm. yelling like they did the first few times. And then I think he kind of phased back okay okay i'll just go back to yeah writing funny jokes but that was awesome for for me to see yeah it's fun just to see any so hard comedian too who you've seen a bunch just try something completely different yeah it's fun to yeah it can be fun to watch the i've f- actually i've seen the opposite too i've seen when people like try to do music oh who yeah. have never done music before sometimes that can be pretty cringy but uh brett gilman is that a dude is that a guy brett think, gilman yes I saw him open for Hannibal Burris when I first moved to LA at a oh, college, that's awesome. and he did some weird set where he was like on a keyboard with a voice box, like like Peter Frampton used to do. Uh huh. And it was just fucking bizarre. Was it? Did it do good or no? He bombed. Okay. But I was dying laughing. Yeah. And there was an, a few other people who understood it, or at least enjoyed it yeah i felt like bonded to them i didn't i wasn't able to talk to them i was like all right he gets it but holy shit i was crying laughing dude watching were you friends with them or are you not no not watching yeah there's a few comics like that where you, you could tell the crowd doesn't get it but you get it yeah but then also watching your friends bomb <laughs> yeah is some of the funnest things to watch ever just seeing how unhappy they are up on stage how yeah. miserable they are love I- it I don't know what that says about me as a friend, but I love that. I agree, except I recently, before COVID, I think it was March 3rd, the Improv Lab. Very difficult to get laughs in the lab. The lab is not an easy room. I did a monthly show there in one of... Rydoon and Friends. Is that what it's called? <laughs> no. What was it called? <laughs> it's called the High Society. High Society with Rydoon yep. and Friends. Just Rydoon. <laughs> they don't have any friends. Rydoon um, and other comedians. Rydoon and acquaintances. Uh-huh. Rydoon and people he knows. Uh, anyways, one of my friends hosted, and he bombed the whole way through but didn't acknowledge it. Uh-huh. He just kept powering through. And I think because he didn't, didn't acknowledge it, it made it even worse. Made it worse, and then it made me uncomfortable. I was just like, uh, I think maybe also because it was my show. Right. I was like, God, make him laugh. Please, God. I want these people to have fun. Hosting <laughs> is rough sometimes because so LA it's this thing or in the United States it's this thing where the 
newest worst comic yeah. is typically made the host. Right. In Europe and Australia, it's usually the second best comic. Yeah, that's is smart. the host, and it's way better. Yeah. And I understand why it's not like that in America because hosting is a lot more work. Yeah. It's not as fun. So typically the second best comic, unless it pays way more, doesn't want to host. Totally. So I get it. Mm-hmm. But when you go up there and you have the hardest hardest job is to go up and break the room as yeah. the host and you don't break the room and you have to keep going up there. Hey, remember the guy you didn't like? I'm back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next guy. It's rough. Yeah, it's tough. And he bombed. And I think it was because it was my show and I cared to about it i cared about the audience having fun as opposed yeah, to just my yeah set. yeah yeah it changes things so you like, are oh not my god you're like this is why it's painful I, why did i have him <laughs> <laughs> why did i let him host i just want to be like, be like acknowledge it acknowledge the bomb that'll make him laugh yeah do you ever if if one of your jokes falls flat do you acknowledge it or just I, go on i think on? you get one maybe two acknowledges it yeah like two ac- acknowledging <laughs> Acknowledgements. Acknowledgements. Acknowledges it. Acknowledges it. <laughs> Acknowledging. No. Acknowledgements. Acknowledges is. Yes, correct. And then you get two of those. One to two, depending on how long your set is. If you have a long set, you could do it twice. Short set, you get one. If you keep doing it, then it makes it worse. Then it makes yeah. it to like, like for example, all of a set where I'm not really bombing, I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. But maybe a joke won't hit quite as hard, and I'll say it, and it gets a big laugh. Right. If you keep saying it, then you're actually bombing. Like, even right. if you had a good set, but you kept saying, oh, you guys aren't laughing at that? Oh, I'm bombing, because I've seen that happen <laughs> yeah. a, a lot. Then people leave going, oh, I guess he didn't do good. He kept right. saying he didn't do good, so I guess he didn't do good. Yeah. So a you lot can't of, do it too many times. A lot of audience members are enjoying that comedian. But yeah, like you said, like they're saying, like, oh, I'm bombing. It's like, oh, I... I didn't think he was, but I guess he was. Yeah. Or they leave going, Oh, I thought he did good, but I guess other people weren't laughing. (laughs) So you got to be careful. You get, I think you get one to two. Yeah. I've done that quite a bit. You know, if a joke falls flat, I'll pause and be like, I really wish you guys laughed harder at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy way to like get a laugh and recover. Yeah. For a while, I was, well, before COVID. I was opening every set with crowd work, just trying to get good at that. Mm-hmm. And if it went well, it was great. And the rest of my set was usually good. But if it doesn't go well, right off the top, you lose the audience right away. And then it's just, you got to climb out of that. Yeah. But I was like, fuck it. I just want to get good at this. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Try to like notice something in the crowd. Uh-huh. But if no one else I think crowd me, work is great. You just have to have... To me, it's not about you can't commit to it. It's kind of one of those things where you have it, but if it's not working, you still have jokes in your pocket. Right. So you can seamlessly yeah. weave between the two. If you're like, I'm just going to do crowd work and that's not working, you're fucked. Yeah. I definitely couldn't do like 10 minutes of crowd work. I saw another friend bomb. He he wasn't hosting, but he went on second to last. And Dane Cook was supposed to go last. I think it might have been a tag team with like no host. Mm-hmm. Dane was running late, so this comedian... He had to stretch. He had to oh, stretch. Oh, that's rough. And at one point, he looked Can't at the sound guy. He was like, what's going on? Are we done? He was like, no. Uh, okay. Uh, or he said, is it over? <laughs> In that wording. Oh, it's like, God. Ooh. It was really funny. Then he went to the piano on the stage at the improv 
started playing. I think he tried to play well, but it just wasn't happening. Then he was singing a little bit. Ooh, yeah. And I think he was really trying to sing well. Oh, God. This sounds rough even hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was dying laughing. Just like, what the fuck is he doing? And other comedians were like, oh, Jesus. So that yeah, was funny. That's. Uh... But I heard an audience member toward the back just say, like, you can't play shit. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, the piano's like, oh, how did I play this before? Someone was like, you can't play. (laughs) (laughs) So that was tough. Anytime the audience is yelling anything at you and you could hear them, bad sign. Yes. It's tough when you see a headliner watch you and they're not laughing. That happened to me somewhat recently. I just bought in the lab. Andy Kindler was on the show and he went up a little bit before me. The king of bombing. Is he? Andy Kindler. So there's people who are like amazing at bombing. Yeah. If, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like they're bombing, but they're just so confident and acknowledging it in yeah. a funny way that they leave bombing, but no one in the crowd, everyone in the crowd knows that they're good at comedy, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. To me, Andy Kindler is like the okay. king of that. That's cool. I don't think I've seen him, seen, seen him enough live to really sense that or see that. Um, but I was on the show with him. I look up to him. I was on uh, Mark Maron's TV show, Marin. Okay. And he followed me on Twitter and he was like, great job. You were great. Hilarious. So Okay. Three From years, wa- he watched it. Yeah. Apology, okay. And I'm like, oh my God. Woo. Three years later, I'm on a stand-up show with him. I was like, all right, he, this guy thinks I'm really funny or at least the acting I did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let's see if he likes my stand-up. I did a, did a set, just wasn't doing very well. And he was at the bar, like pretty close to me, just not watching me but no laughing yeah not into it looked bored looked like, like i liked you on that show your stand up <laughs> no thanks thankfully i don't think he remembered me oh okay but just to see like a veteran just looking like bored it's definitely and like, if you know that one of your heroes is in the back of the room it adds this whole other pressure yeah. like having a girl see you for the first time the booker of a comedy club having family a members or family members it adds this whole other thing and you want to do good so bad. Yeah. I don't like it. That was a poetic but sentence you just had. You, you want to do, do good so bad. Yeah. I want to do good so bad. Amen. It's a good but lyric. you know what I mean. Yeah. Every time I performed, performed, performed with some family there, I had a bad set. I wouldn't call it a complete bomb. But To this day, my aunt, the one time she seen me was at Laugh Factory open mic. I got Ooh. lit early and I bombed horrendously. Open mic. And I was like six months in a comedy. Yeah. And she hasn't yet to, and that was <laughs> eight years ago. She has not come back and seen me again. Damn. Since then. Open mic. You invited her to an open mic? It wasn't like, uh, hey, will you come watch me at the open mic? Mm-hmm. It was my dad was in town. Okay. They had ne- never seen me. That's what I was doing that night. And they're like, can we please come? And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, hey, uh, hey, Aunt Lisa, will you please come to this open mic that I'm doing? I have a show. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah. Every time I've had family in the audience, it's always been in Boston, which that's fine. Uh, but I've gotten so in my head about it that I get up there and then I acknowledge it. I'm like, ah, my sister's in the audience. Then I tell sex jokes. And I think the audience is thinking like, oh, sisters are there. Or at least I'm thinking it like, why am I? why did I? Why am I doing this? So your issue that you brought up today was 
not enjoying posting content, I'm going to bring up a list of, I rank people's problems. Okay. I'm going to list you the top four right now. The first number one is Trey, his girlfriend wanted to have sex with his butt. Hold on. Are these your guests you had on? Yes. So Trey Stewart. Okay. He's right now leading the rank of problems. Wanted to have sex with his His butt. His girlfriend wanted to strap on, Ah. put a strap on, have sex with his butt. Pegging. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, Mike Falzone talked to his dad every day. (laughs) And I think that is just super unhealthy in my opinion. (laughs) Too much. We talked about this in the beginning even. How we don't like talking to our families. That's a lot. It's a lot of time. Every day? And it's not sick or anything. It's That's perfectly healthy. How long were the calls? Do you know? I'm not exactly sure, but I think, you know, half hour, whatever it is. Jeez. That's too much, right? Do you agree? That's, that's yeah, every day? The second. Yeah, so that was ranked number two. Number three was Rosebud Baker. She actually was in a fight with her dad and doesn't talk to her dad. That's probably the most mm. serious of them, but mm. to me, the third most interesting. Okay, Because yeah. that's so common. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brooke Banner, the porn star... Mm. Uh, she wanted more money. That was her issue. All right. We all want that. Um, now, where do you think your issue ranks with those? Pretty low. Pretty. I would say dead last. We have a new last place. Really? Rydoon, not liking content, not liking post content anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood, dude. <laughs> I can think of something else. Okay, let's go. Yeah, now you got to beat it. Here we go. Sexual. Okay, here we I go. I was on antidepressant Paxil, 20 milligrams. Heard of it. Paxil. I've seen the commercial. Yep. Made me a king in the bedroom. Still able to get hard very easily. Just didn't come. I could come. You could come. Just mm-hmm. long time. But I could last for that like sounds awesome. a while. Oh, I got to get some Paxil. I'm, talk- I'm talking pounding out. I got to get me some Paxil. <laughs> And uh, now I'm off of it. I weaned off, been totally off for about two months now. Congratulations. Thank you. And what made you decide to get off of it? You just want to go medication-free? Were you happy? Side effect, that was gaining weight. Gained like 20 pounds in the past two years, which might just be my So did it just like slow down your metabolism a lot, you think? I think so, yeah. Okay, good. It's one of the common side effects. And also, I got on Paxil before. You look good to me. You look skinny, oh, right? Did you lose that 20 pounds or no? No, not yet. Oh, okay. But, um, Never mind. You're, fu- you're pretty, fat. You're fat. Pretty, di- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty disappointing good when I take you're... my shirt off. Yeah, dad bod. I have that too. Yeah. Yeah. Gaining, getting fat. You want to take off our shirts? Please, no. Okay. Thank you. Um, getting, getting fat in my pecs. Getting a little boob action? Yeah. Okay. Some dudes don't gain fat in their pecs, just their gut. I just gained in my gut. So far. Lucky. So far, knock on wood. So no now for yet. the rest of my life, I got to do like sit-ups every day or else I'm going to have boobs. It's not It's not gynecomastia, yeah, which is actual I, I boobs. Think, what about diet? How's your diet? Been working on it. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, man. I like pretzels. I like pretzels at night. Is that really your go-to? Just crunchy salted pretzels? Well, I just bought a bag and uh, I like pretzels at night. Cheez-Its. Yeah, yeah those are good. I'm fine. My diet is great until 10 p.m. Yeah, same. And then I'm like, give it all. It's talking to me. Last night I ate a big box of peanut butter M&Ms at 2 in the morning. (laughs) Nice. Felt felt guilty. (laughs) How'd you feel this morning? 
emotionally. I mean, I feel fine, but yeah, I feel guilty, but I feel yeah. my body's fine. Right. It's not worth how I feel in the morning. Usually not even physically, just mm-hmm. in my head. I'm like, God damn it. Right. Exactly. And when I, when I don't snack at night, the next day I'm like, I feel good. I did it. Yeah, I did it. I did and it. You, you feel lean <laughs> and you're not even hungry. It's not like you, if, if I go to bed hungry and wake up, I don't wake up hungry. Same. So that's how you know. I'm never hungry in the morning. Yeah. Um, back Paxil. to Paxil. I'm off the Paxil. Now I'm coming quick, baby. Not super quick. Now is that a, is that a problem? You're coming too quick? No, premature it's not. Premature ejaculation? It's not premature. It's just, I was just u- too quick. I was used to pounding out, pounding my girlfriend And now out. you're what, like 10 minute man, five minute man? 10 minute, which so, I guess is normal, but I can't like pound um, super hard. Yeah. So I uh, recently dated a girl at the beginning of COVID. So we stopped seeing each other now, but I was dating a girl at the very beginning of COVID. And she was teaching me how to edge. Okay. And it works yeah, yeah. very well. It takes commitment. But you could practice this, uh, believe it or not, being a premature ejaculator or whatever, not lasting, not performing the way you want to. You're not a premature ejaculator, but <laughs> not performing the way you want to. Yeah. So right now you're a five to 10 minute man. You want to be a porn star. You want to be a male porn star. Yes. You want to be an hour and you want to pound hard for an hour. You want to I mean, pound hard as long as you want to pound. Yeah. Until you're ready, until she's like, okay, finish already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> no girl wants that. But I think if for me, because I don't, I have the same issue where I don't last that long. If a girl says, okay, can you finish? And even though that's not a good thing, in my mind, I'm like, nice, I lasted plenty. Yeah. Um, so you want that? My and I have a girlfriend. Right. And so, I've told her like. Heads up, weaning off a of Paxil. You got to practice edging. When I was on Paxil, I was like, yeah, I can last a long time right now. She's like, great. <laughs> yeah. So edging, are we talking like you're having sex and then you almost, I know what edging is. But you could practice it during sex, but you could also practice it during masturbation. And that helps you. And it'll translate to sex. So yeah, when you're about to come, you have to stop and not come. And then what? Eat her out? Because you got Because she's uh, gonna want to keep going. Oh yeah! If you're doing it during, if you're practicing edging during sex, yeah, you have to stop and either eat her out, finger her, or even just like, hey, let's take a minute and cuddle while remaining okay. inside of her, yeah, uh, vagina cavity with your penis. The good news is, I can uh, control it if the girl is on top. I don't get a lot of friction there. Yeah, it's not usually. As tight. Um, so I'll just. Be like you go. On you top. could do that too. Yeah, yeah. You can go on top then when you need a break. So yeah, there's there's ways around it. But yeah, if you practice edging, you're it's literally training your body not to come as fast. Hmm. Okay, nice. I will practice that immediately after this podcast. Do it and and let me know too. Call back in. <laughs> yeah. leave, leave a voicemail saying, "Hey, Ari, I've been practicing edging during my masturbation and sex, and I can now last X amount of minutes." All right. Time it. Start timing your, your sex sessions. <laughs> okay. People want to know. The listeners want to know. Start timing your sex and also time your masturbations. Hmm. I want you to call unlicensed therapy and say, Ari, today I masturbated for an hour and a half. Wow. Uh, we want to know. Or however long it is. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been jerking off a lot. Not a lot of porn either. You always got to watch porn and jerk off. I use my imagination a lot of the time. That's even better if you're able to do that. Yeah, I'll just think of past experiences. You got to jerk off, dude. Yeah. Don't be dumb. I got to jerk, jerk off. Jerk off. It's healthy. 
Yeah. It's healthy it's for true. your it's healthy for your mind, it's healthy for your body, it's healthy for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Thank thank God I'm blessed with a girlfriend who is able to have orgasms. Oh yeah. There's some girls who Those are keepers. have never had one. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, There's one com- female comedian who's very open about it. Never of having an Ali Mikoski? You got it. Yeah. That sucks for I her. Called it. Yeah, and I'm sure she's not the only one. Oh no. Certainly yeah, not. me and Ali actually went to a brothel once together. Oh yeah? In Mexico as friends. Tijuana? Tijuana. I've been there. And yeah, she couldn't orgasm there either. Did she try to? <clears throat> I just started crying. <laughs> she tried to. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, uh, a lot of girls figure it out when they're older too. Mm. She's still pretty young. Yeah. Allie's like 23 or something. I don't know how old she is. Uh, a lot of girls, it takes them till they're 28. It's too bad. They gotta, they gotta get really comfortable. Right. They gotta figure it out on their own during masturbation. Get really comfortable with the guy and unleash. I've had a girlfriend in her orgasm. I've had a girlfriend in the past who didn't masturbate. So I was like, come on. Yeah, you do. She's like, I don't know how to. And I was like, learn. But I don't know. She might have been lying. Sometimes. Or just are. withholding that. Who not, knows? Not maliciously lying, but. Right, right, right. <laughs> She's not a liar, per se. <laughs> right, She's just right. maybe embarrassed, shy. Yeah. It's yeah. a taboo thing for some people. There's a lot of stuff going around that if a man tries to have sex with an 18-year-old, if a 30-year-old man has sex with an 18-year-old, that that is a power. Mm. He's abusing his power, and that is sick. And he's whatever likes right. kids. I don't agree with that. I personally yeah. don't agree with that. I'll tell you a few things. So the the points they make is a girl will say, when I was when I'm 30, I could never imagine having sex with an 18 year old boy. Now talk to an 18 year old boy and ask them if they'll have sex with a 30 year old girl. Yeah, yeah, they'd love to. Right. Talk to all the female teachers that have sex with their students. <laughs> it happens still. Yeah. Then they're saying it's a power power dynamic. Like these girls aren't capable of making these kind of decisions when they're 18 and 19 years old. So you're telling me a 18-year-old girl can join the military, <laughs> but she can't suck my 30-year-old dick if she wants to? <laughs> right, right. I it think- just It's just a little like... Make up your mind. If mm. if they if an eighteen year old girl can't make her own decision to hook up with a thirty year old man, whether it's me or anyone else, if if she's not capable of making that kind of decision because she's not developed enough, then she probably shouldn't join the military. She probably uh, shouldn't vote. It's <laughs> another decision you should be developed to make. Right, she probably right. shouldn't vote for the president. I see your argument. Um, you know, it's like you gotta you gotta pick an angle. So so mm. what should the age be then? 21? Should girls need to be 21 to have sex with a 30-year-old? I, I don't know. That. I'd be down with that. I know that. Should they change the legal age of being an adult to 21 for all people? Maybe. Maybe maybe that argument could be made. Yeah, I can see that. We're living way longer these but days. But you can't have it both. You can't be like, oh, you're an adult at 18, but no, if a 30-year-old ho- tries to hook up with you, that guy's horrible and you're you're not smart enough to make that decision. Like, you can't yeah. have... You can't have these things. Right. I'm pretty sure your brain finishes developing when you're 24 or 25. Mm-hmm. So maybe adults should be 25 now. Maybe they should. If, if they make that for all, you're an adult, you're 25, then I could be like, okay. Right. At least it's a universal rule. But to see people going, oh, yeah, she's a strong, independent young woman. But if a 30-year-old wants to hook up with her, 
no, that's a smart man abusing his power and right, she's not right. capable of making that choice. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with it either. It depends so on the you, situation. we both agree that we're going to hook up with 18-year-olds for life. <laughs> no. Oh. That you are sick. Okay. You're a groomer. <laughs> okay, groomer. Um, I, I, see, you know, I'm a relationship kind of guy. I like having girlfriends. And some of my Me friends. Too. Me from, too. I'd much prefer yeah. that. Some of my friends are like 32. And to go against my whole argument, I could never date an 18 or 19-year-old oh, girl. Fuck no. Fuck no. Some of my friends are 32 with a 22-year-old girlfriend. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck do you guys talk about? I like having a girlfriend where I can say, hey, you know this song? And she says yes. <laughs> <laughs> or even worse than that, I don't mind if a girl doesn't know the music that I listen to. Yeah. But if when she goes, can we listen to my music? And then they just put on Lady Gaga and mm. Justin Bieber. Right. Nah. Ah, son. Can't do that. My girlfriend and I, we watch Seinfeld together. I'm like, this is everything I've wanted in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> she prefers Seinfeld over friends, so she's smart. Good taste. I like both. She's cool. Am I allowed to say that? I like Friends, but Seinfeld's like, better. Yeah, yeah. If I had to choose one, I'd go Seinfeld. Yeah. But, but I, I'm not knocking Friends. I've been rewatching Seinfeld. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my girlfriend's great. We're in. We're in love. You say I love you to each other. You've yeah. been dating how long? Eight months. So yeah. Eight, and how long into the relationship did you say I love you to her? About five. Four months in, I said it. A I should tough probably right edit that out. I'd be down for that. Well, yeah, you didn't say anything. I'm bad. probably going to walk it away. It was me. Yeah, you walk out clean. I don't know. I was the one that said. I'm picturing a clip of this coming out in Raidu not stopping you. The real risk is saying that stuff I actually don't think is now. It's like if down the road I were to get in trouble for something. Yeah. Then they take everything you said that like could be twist and they go, look, look at him back then. He talked about this and then it all blows out of proportion. It's like with the Chris stuff, that thing. And then they posted clips of him learning about how girls can screenshot Snapchat (laughs) and like all these other things that are going viral that were just jokes or like the clip of Theo and Santino making a joke about him. And that's viral when, there was nothing really there was behind nothing it. There. There, no, it was just jokes. Total, total jokes. Total, total just jokes. friends joking yeah. about other friends. It's scary times. It's a scary time we live in. I should probably just edit out everything with any sort of edge in this podcast and just put out <laughs> the most boring conversation <laughs> yeah. we possibly could have. Just and about me not liking posting anymore. Yeah. So let's just talk about you not liking posting, your story of Vine, make it like a 20-minute interview, and then say, thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for listening out there. I love uh, consensual sex between adults their own age and mm-hmm. anything else is bad. My name is Rye Dune, and I agree with this message. Black Lives Matter. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's what... That's it, right? That's <laughs> yeah. all we should post. Black Lives Matter. Have you gone to any protests? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I went too. and checked them out. They're pretty fun. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> How many, <laughs> what percentage of people at the protest do you think just really wanted to leave their house? Uh, yeah, probably an, an amount. I was going to say a good amount, but I assume everybody forgets me. That's one thing about my some lack pe- of I'm sure some confidence. people do. Some people are more forget. You know, I've met... Uh, I've met Brian Scalaro. I've opened for him like 
three or four times yeah. coincidentally. He's never had me open for him, but like I've been at clubs that yeah. had me open for him. Literally, he's given me tags on jokes. We've sat in the green room together for yeah. a full weekends of time. <laughs> yeah. And I'll meet him and he'll be like, hey, I'm Brian. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Are you, right. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't like it. And I don't hate him. I'm not even saying this like he's an asshole. Right, right. I'm just saying some people don't remember me. Like at the comedy store, I'm pretty sure I walked right by you several times because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, it's like, he doesn't know me. Well, I know. No, we're friends. We're friendly. But yeah, we're not close. So Right. Though this is the yeah. most I've learned about you in a while. What'd you learn? Or ever. What'd you learn? You're a predator. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you on stage and I was like, oh, hey, he's got energy. Because normally you're pretty quiet, like at the comedy store. Yeah, I'd say even on stage, I'm fairly low energy. I don't know. But yeah, it was a side of you I hadn't seen. I was like, oh, he's a fun guy. <laughs> when before I just considered you a quiet person. I'm pretty yeah, quiet a, a too. A lot of people are shocked of how like edgy I am on stage. Yeah. People would be <laughs> like, I don't get it. You're such a nice little boy. Yeah. Or it's, but I think that's more my appearance. People look at me yeah. and think nerdy Jew. <laughs> yeah. And then on stage, I'm I'm a fucking man, dude. A man, dude. I'm a man. I talk about man shit. I think people, I've looked kind of young my whole life. I am a nice guy, or I try to be. I think people think I'm just a nice little boy. You are. You're a nice boy. And I think... Uh, you and your girlfriend are going to work out. I sure hope uh, so. She's going to say I love you real soon. Like, she said it. She's going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. It's I, okay. I mean that. It's okay to not and say it back. You you're going to be ready. a great clinical psychiatrist that also does comedy. You're going to be like the Dr. Drew. Mm. Uh, you're going to be like the next Dr. Drew because he's getting kind of old. You know, Dr. Drew is what, in his 60s probably? Yep. He's got to be. I opened for, I hosted for Christina P. Mm-hmm. Dr. Drew was in the audience, so I'm in the green room. He saw my opening set, didn't say anything. That's too bad. I opened for Dr. Drew once and uh, Psycho Mike, I believe, at the Ice House. They like got there and they didn't bring an opener. And so the Ice House just had me like do 15 minutes on top. And then they were making jokes about my set in their oh. in their thing no in good ways oh, like they okay. were like referencing it i did good and in my head because this sounds dumb but i used to listen to love line growing up yeah and like i would hear nick swordson on and all these great comedians and literally that was like a something i strive to as a comedian i was like oh man my dream would be to get on love line mm-hmm. and there's no more love line but he has another show like it yeah and i was like oh this is my chance he just saw me do good like, that's a dream come true. Didn't happen, but still cool. Mm-hmm. It's always tough when you have a set and then com- comedians don't say anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know I didn't do well. Oh, did you not do good the time you opened for Christina? No, I did. Oh, you did? I did. I was in a major depression, so that was tough. Like, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Maybe not, you just sensed that. Maybe just he sad. wanted to say something to you, but he's just like, yeah. he's too sad. I'm going to leave him alone. Yeah, I got in the green room at the, at the ice house. And he was in there. I was like, ah, holy shit. I found a bag of Coke at the ice house that night. Nice. Did you floor. do it? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> was it like a, like a gram? How much? Oh. I think so. I don't know. I didn't do Coke a lot. 
It was like the, one of the little baggies. I assumed it was one of the wait staff. So um, I asked some of the comedians. Steve Simone was on the show. I didn't ask him. He's a good boy. I don't think he does coke. Yeah. Thanks Sorry for doing the, uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank Follow you. Follow Rydoon on Instagram. You could see his pictures of just his life and not his girlfriend, but other things in his life. Nope. And follow his journey to being the next Dr. Drew. Yeah, follow me. Uh, support straight white men in comedy. God bless America. God bless straight white men. God bless <laughs> black men. God bless teenagers and adults. <laughs> yes. I mean it. Yes. If you're a teenager out there, God bless you. Are you allowed to say that these days? God? I think you just say bless. Leave God out of it, dude. Bless you. Bless you. You're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed 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 Unlicensed, Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Manis Ari Manis